hello, he, she's in there. Hello, I'm Will. I'm Kelsey. And welcome to Kiki Quest, our bi-weekly stupid sexy sleepover where we take all of your favorite things and play fun party games on our quest for the ultimate Kiki. And I truly couldn't be more excited about this week's topic. Oh, it's a good one. We're doing The Golden Girls. Hey, hey. Yeah. What was your experience with The Golden Girls? I believe you started watching before I did. Yeah, so I started watching during college. Um, I think like my second year at college, I was just, I spent an entire summer watching it. Um, And it was a solo venture. Yes. uh, But it's everything that I talked about. Absolutely. It's hard to not. Absolutely. Um, This was my COVID show. Nice. When I actually got COVID-19, it was like a year ago. So everyone in my family is always giving me Golden Girls stuff for um, Christmases and birthdays. Mm-hmm. And I never say anything about it because you would assume by the everything about me that I would love and be obsessed with that show. That's right. So this year I got a bunch more Golden Girl shit and then I got COVID and I was like, well, got to put my fucking money where my mouth is. <laughs> I have to authenticate all these things I receive. <laughs> so me and my roommate, we both got COVID and we just became fully, fully obsessed. And I read everything and I watched interviews and I read trivia. I was just obsessed with it. It's the perfect sitcom. I think you're finally fulfilling the prophecy like <laughs> of, for your life of watching Golden Girls and listening to Kate Bush. Like, everything's aligned. Everything you know and have known and experienced is, like, culminated in this moment. That is so true. Yeah. Because, oh, wait, because it is. Because Golden Girls, like, has been so inspiring to so many other sitcoms that I do love. Mm -hmm. And then Kate Bush was so inspiring to so many musicians that I did love. And I just had no idea. Yeah. And they're just perfect examples. You were consuming the watered down, the diluted artists of the new age. Fuck Regina Spector. Fuck Frasier. I never thought I would have to put those in the same sentence. Or in any sentence. Separate of each other. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to talk about Frasier. We know how we both feel about Frasier. (laughs) I think it's the perfect sitcom. I think the actors. It's the actors and the writing. Yeah. The writing is shockingly good. So good. It holds up. Yeah. Funny jokes. Yeah. And then uh, every uh, actor on the show is such a veteran uh, television performer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. First fun fact about the Golden Girls. So Rue McClanahan, who plays Blanche, uh, was on Maud with B. Arthur, who plays Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Where and she Rue... convinced B. Arthur to come do Golden Girls, yes, right? Because yes. she didn't want to do it because she thought it was going to be Maud again. Yes, because on Maud, Dorothy played the airhead. And mm-hmm. then on Mary Tyler Moore's show... Um, no, Rue McClanahan played the Yes, Rue McClanahan the airhead. played the airhead. And then on Mary Tyler Moore's show, Betty White played um, the slut. Right. And so then on the phone call, uh, Rue McClanahan was like, well, this time I'm playing the slut and Betty White is playing the airhead. And Dorothy, uh, Dorothy B. Arthur allegedly said, now that's interesting. It's <laughs> <laughs> my B. Arthur. <laughs> we'll be hearing more of it, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, perfect show. If you want to watch it, you've never seen it, literally watch the pilot. Yeah. Strongest pilot I've ever seen. It's so good. It's so strong. Yeah. They're all so clear in what they're doing. Everyone knows what the show is. And it's such a wonderful representation of that performance style. Like the sitcom, because now sitcom is a little more like testimonial, a little more the office. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of the way it's gone. And there are still classic sitcoms happening today, of course. But it really is their stage actors doing a stage play in a sitcom setting. And it's, it's... 
the height of its craft. It really is the height of its juicy little little twenty-two uh, minute farces. Yeah. Yeah, the height of its craft is absolutely correct. Which Golden Girl do you think you are? That's what it was. I wanted to talk about that because I think that between the two of us, we got them all. I was thinking that as well. That's the same thing because I think I have Blanche's vanity with uh, uh, Rose's obliviousness. Mm. Is that what you were thinking? No. What were you thinking? Dorothy's height and Blanche's (laughs) sexiness. Her... um, <laughs> Her boy <The> obsession. <laughs> I do have that. <laughs> but Dorothy's height. <laughs> it's it's and her just voice. the height. Yeah. Okay, the height and the deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I'm closer to Dorothy's voice if we're being honest. <laughs> um, but I think I, I wish I were Dorothy. Yeah. And for a long time, I convinced myself I was. Yeah. You're a little Dorothy. But I'm Sophia with like the dumb Rose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a dumb Sophia or a cynical Rose. <laughs> okay. So we do got them all covered. <laughs> I think if gun to our head, it would have to be me, Blanche, you, uh, Sophia. For sure. Probably. Yeah. I think so. Um, I got the height. Yeah, you. <laughs> we're mostly concerned about height here on this podcast. <laughs> it just informs so much of our personality. <laughs> That's true for you. Oh, um, what I wouldn't give to see Sophia as a hobbit. Oh, man. Rosie, the one Sam marries at the end. <laughs> no, I want her to Bilbo. be. She should be Bilbo. Bilbo, but as he is in Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Not in The Hobbit. <laughs> Give me a pussycat. I need you to read this history I'm writing. Uh, so the first game we're playing today is Would You Rather. Would You Rather. Yeah. I'll start us off with a warm-up one. Cool. Would you rather live in St. Olaf, where uh, Rose is from, or would you rather live in Sicily, 1922? Sicily, 1922. Okay. Would you like to expand on that? Uh, it's a coastal city. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. All of Italy is coastal. That's what I was thinking. Um, I was like, I don't know if there are some cities that don't happen to be coastal. No, it's all coast. There's got to be one city that's like, man, we just don't see the coast from here. <laughs> they have a lot of blow-up pools. <laughs> a lot of wells. <laughs> to make up for it. Um, so, Sicily, no question. Okay. Yeah, not enough hay rides in the world could convince me to be in St. Olaf. I would like to be in St. Olaf to be the smartest person there. Nice. Yeah, it's just the littlest pond, and I'd be the absolute biggest. Dish. Yeah. I, I have no chance of being the smartest, and I, I can't be Saint the dumbest. <laughs> so, and I'm not the prettiest. Condemned to mediocrity. i got to go to a coastal city. <laughs> <laughs> i got to have some water to walk into if things get too deep. <laughs> all the time I've known you, we've lived close to a large body of water. Is this all part of your contingency plan? When I saw A Star is Born, everything kind of clicked into place for me. I was like, well, it's kind of like a dog, <laughs> you know, an old dog that goes under the house to die. 
If I can be next to a large body of water and I know it's my time to go, that's the way I'd like to. I forgot how weird it was at the end of A Star is Born, the remake, where they changed the script so that Bradley Cooper walks into the sea at the end of it. That happened to the Judy Garland. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, God damn it. You fool. Okay, Back yeah. Me. Maybe you should go to St. Olaf, you big dummy. All right. I, pa- podcast over. <laughs> you knew this joke was coming. Podcast over. I just feel sick to my stomach right now. <laughs> <laughs> I really may walk into Lake Michigan later today. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's my turn. Would you rather eat cheesecake on the lanai with the ladies or party with young Sophia in Sicily? In Sicily, 1922. That's right. Give or take a few years. And she's always part of some big historical event. Right. Eat cheesecake once. These are each one night. Yeah, let's go one night. But it's like you've been living with the girls. Maybe there's been a cheesecake shortage. You haven't had cheesecake in two years. Oh, so it's sweeter. Yeah. It's all the sweeter. Mm-hmm. I think um, for love of this podcast, if I have to choose between a kiki and a party, I'm choosing a kiki. And I'm going to eat cheesecake on the lanai with the girls. That is so good of That you. would feed my soul. There'd be so many good stories from Sicily 1922, but I feel yeah. like ultimately I would go home and need to sleep for a long time. For sure. A cheesecake on the lie. Uh, you know, a change is as good as a rest. <laughs> That's right. That's good. And I'm just so tired. <laughs> I think that really kind of encapsulates you and I's approach to this podcast in particular. Because without a doubt, I would go party with young Sophia in Sicily. Because I'm like, I'll I probably witness a large historical event. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'm going to have the night of my life. <laughs> and a coastal city. <laughs> You gotta have two different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. That's where the dynamism. But like, comes I from. I want to like party and have a good like the one great night. Yeah. And you're like, I'm committing myself to a lifetime with these women. <laughs> it's women I love. And you could end up be witnessing the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. That's right. So. It is. <laughs> it is revealed in an episode that Sophia witnessed the Saint Valentine's Day massacre because their car broke down and they rolled into a shop. And her dad goes back to get the repairman or someone to help. And he's like, there are a bunch of men lined up against the wall. And suddenly this man with the Tommy gun says, you don't belong here. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then shots start and he goes running. And it's like, what? And then Dorothy says, Ma, you did not witness the St. Valentine's Day massacre. And she says, I said I witnessed a Valentine's Day massacre. A sitcom. (laughs) A sitcom. (laughs) Fuck. In preparation for this episode, we watched Hulu does like a quick binge. It's really cool. It's a very good quick binge. They have like a bunch of different playlists, like the Stanley Chronicles Mm -hmm. and uh, Dorothy's X and like all of this other stuff. Um, And so we just did the quick binge. It's very good. It's got the lesbian episode in there. Mm -hmm. Um, The murder mystery one is very fun. It knows how the, it's a good balance between like remarkable episodes and just good classic quality sitcom episodes. Yeah. And you get a good taste of like everyone gets an episode. Yeah. Yes. Not enough Sophia, I'd argue, in the quick binge. There was a lot of Blanche in the quick binge. A lot of Blanche. Blanche. Yeah, and Dorothy. Yeah. Uh, Would you rather be roommates with your mother or Mary Stanley? This was almost one of mine. (gasps) Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Ooh. 
later. Um, roommates with my mother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like puzzles. Absolutely. Stanley doesn't seem like he'd be good at puzzles. Yeah. And that'd be that'd be a problem for me. God, when I wrote this, I forgot we both like our moms. <laughs> this is not a hard question. I'm just re- live with your mom or marry a stranger is what I'm asking you. <laughs> This is a podcast where we learn and we grow and we hold ourselves accountable. (laughs) And that was a bad would you rather. It's funny that you would give yourself any any second option to living with your mom. Uh, Right. That's like, I'm like, ideally that will happen. (laughs) I think now if someone were to come to you and be like, would you rather live with your mom or anyone else right now? You'd be like, I'd I'd like to live with my mother, please. Please, dear God. (laughs) Oh my god, y'all yeah. could finish that musical so quickly. So fast. Yeah. We're working on a musical. Listen for updates. It's really good. <laughs> uh, next. Okay. Would you rather... Don't you look. No. I glanced down because your screen is so bright. You are so lucky you cannot read upside down quickly. I know. <laughs> I'd kill you. <laughs> but I am taking lessons. <laughs> All right. Would you rather... Buy condoms at the store. Well, it's announced over the loudspeaker. Condoms, Rose. Condoms, condoms, condoms. That's right. That's right. Or <laughs> witness Rose's breakdown at the charity gala. Uh, what's the first one again? Buy condoms at the store, and it's announced over the loudspeaker the types of condoms all of you are buying. Okay. And and um. And Rose's breakdown comes from the fact that she's always wanted to win, like, most charitable person right. of the year. And the person who wins it every year died this year. So she was like, yes, I'm finally going to win it. And they're like, the first ever posthumous award is given to the same woman who's won it that many times. Yes. And Rose has to go on and announce or uh, accept it on her behalf. And she, like, has a breakdown and wants to keep it and ends up stealing <laughs> Yes, she, she steals the They're award. so good at the bait and switch. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the... Uh, okay, great. So am I a random person in the audience or am I like invested in this going well? With Rose's... Invested. Down? Yeah. Invested. You're you're like one of the foursome. I think condoms. Yeah. Because again, I'm a Blanche. I would take the microphone and give my little oh, speech that's true. about how we are women who are sexually active and taking a weekend with our gentleman friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would also choose, but I, in this scenario, I'm Dorothy and I get the satisfaction of walking out on you after your speech. <laughs> and that works for me and my interests. <laughs> yeah, <that's very> good. <laughs> and we get condoms. I do. Uh, if I could be just a random person watching the breakdown, I would pick that above everything. And since I'm a bit of rose, I get to make water balloons with them, too. <laughs> and I have fun for later. <laughs> um, would you rather spend the night in jail with the other women, uh, the other sex, sex workers, workers or be kidnapped by Stanley on your wedding day? Oh. <sighs> God, that wedding dress is ugly. Also, it's by the way, so it was distractingly ugly. Considering how, also how fashionable Dorothy is throughout the entire, sh- they're all very fashionable, and it's yeah. the ugliest dress I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. So, what was the first one? Would I rather be kidnapped by Stanley, or what was the first? Um. Be spend a night in jail with in jail. sex workers, and you are mistaken to be a sex worker, and you are going to see Burt Reynolds at a party. Can I tell you something? Those both sound fun to me. They do. <laughs> they sound like fun times. Yeah. I think... And so this Stanley, I married him, I divorced him, I have the whole relationship. I'm Dorothy, That's right. basically, in this moment. Oh, I would spend the night with the sex workers. That's right. I would spend the night with the sex workers, make friends. Yeah. They didn't make any friends. And there should have been a musical number. There should have... 
Like, if I'm spending the night in jail with a bunch of sex workers, what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to write a number to working girl. <laughs> a five, six, seven, eight. Got a hip for, what is it? I got a mind for business and a body for sin. Is that so bad? She's got a mind for business, a body for sin, and we don't think that's too bad. <laughs> We'd have the whole nine jail. We could workshop it. <laughs> first draft. No bad ideas at this stage in the process. We're generating. Right. Throw it at the wall. See what's <laughs> what would you rather do? Same. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to write a musical. Oh, number. yes, yes, as you said. <laughs> It's a lot. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm losing it. We were in a closet again. It's so hot in it's here. It's so hot. But we all, it was like really having a tough time. You can see me. I'm like um, uh, in like a TV show where they're just having water come over the person's face. And they're like, are you nervous? And he's like, no. No, I'm not nervous. I'm sweating so much. <laughs> this is what you're going to hear listening back to that while you said that. I know every... <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. Oh, this is a good one. Would you rather have to speak in only Golden Girls quotes for the rest of your life or have Thank You for Being a Friend be the only song you ever hear again? Only speak with Golden Girls quotes. Yeah. Only speak with Golden Girls quotes. Um, For two reasons. I mean, one, this is another secret or a small reason, yeah. uh, apart from the two that I will be making soon. Um, or the so, two three, points. so three total. Three total, but one small one not attached 2. to 5. the other two reasons. And I need to get to them before I forget them. Um, so the first one is I would absolutely lose my mind if I did not hear another song but that for the rest of my life. It's an awesome song and I would have so much fun with it, but I'd lose my mind. <laughs> But the two real reasons. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> that's, that's just that apart from those. Real, no, okay. that one, that's a small, a part, a right. small aside. Um, the two real reasons I've almost forgotten. Yes. <laughs> you have to hurry. You're going to forget any second. <laughs> the two real reasons is one, I would like impress people. Yeah. Like the first time people are meeting me, I think I could probably have about an hour long conversation before they realize. That it was all Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah. because the Golden Girls like do talk about real things. Yeah, of course. Um, And there's like so many seasons uh-huh. to choose from, yes. you know? Um, And also whoever I end up like would be my partner and that I'd have to talk to all the time, they'd also be a fan. So we could ah, learn how to communicate. It yeah. would be our own language. Cute. Um, but, you know. That would be very cute. More select lexicon. Yeah. I would, similar reasons. I would select the speaking in only quotes because you could do like genie rules where you like write down every single sentence they say. And you could be like, I love you, honey. You know, nice. there's a way you can cobble that together. That's good. Yeah. I didn't even consider that. That's why you're not very good at this game. That's why I should go to St. Olaf. Because <laughs> I'm Just dumb. I'm obviously always way worse at these games than you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> it's like uh, pointless games with no rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still bad at them somehow. <laughs> um, okay, this is my final one. Okay. Would you rather... Do a two-person stage play with Estelle Getty, <gasps> who famously has terrible stage fright. Yeah. And, like, had to have cue cards uh, at the beginning of Golden Hard Girls because lines. she couldn't go on stage and remember her lines. Jeez. Or go to a bad restaurant that you love and swear by with B. Arthur. 
because B. Arthur is a known foodie <sighs> to a like a fault. Oh my god, this is a really, really good question. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I take B. Arthur to Giordano's, which I know is not good, <laughs> but that I like? I like Giordano. I know, but I know it's not good. It's not? That's what everyone says. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Look, I've had Lou Malnati's and I've had Giordano's. And Lou Malnati's... Lou Malnati's sauce does not have much seasoning. It's nice and acidic and I appreciate it. And if I could somehow have a marriage between Giordano's and Lou Malnati's with the sauce of Lou Malnati's and the cheese and stuff of Giordano's, the pure mass of the deep dish at Giordano's, if I could somehow marry the two, I would. And I would take it and it would be my favorite. But as it stands, Giordano's has better seasoning and ultimately they got more punch. To their deep dish. And before you ask, yes, I have had that other one that has the sweet sauce, and I am not a fan of her sweet red sauce, okay? I want it acidic like a tomato. This is piece. our new segment where Kelsey rants about a random food item she's very passionate about. <laughs> that under scrutiny would fall apart in seconds. <laughs> I did not know how strong your feelings were on Jordano's. But I don't know if I can confidently say that B. Arthur would approve of Giordano's. Well, no, sure. She'd find some Michelin deep dish. My <laughs> Welcome to Michelin deep dish. Uh, should, is my one act, is it a one act with Estelle Getty or do we have an intermission? There can be an intermission for a pep talk. <laughs> I don't want one. It can be a one act. If it's a one act, I'll do Estelle Getty. Okay. We can do that. You think so? I don't so? want the... Anytime I'm performing or whatever, like when we were doing improv class and we have a break, I don't like that. I like to keep going and keep doing it. And I feel like if I can work her up every night and just push her out there and we just stumble through it and there's no time to stop and think, yeah. we could do that. Okay. But I cannot I cannot stand the idea of, of B. Arthur thinking negatively of me because I know she wouldn't say it. Yeah. But I know I would feel it. I think she would say it. <laughs> Because I read Rue McClanahan was like, I mean, she was very passionate about food. And she she would let you know. She would let me know that my cooking was not something she liked. There was a writer one time who, who was a new writer on the show and he came on and he was she was like, what are you drinking? And he said, I don't drink. And she said, very funny. What are you drinking? So he took the drink and like played with it while his friend drank it when she wasn't looking. So, yeah, I choose Estelle I would do Getty. the same thing. <laughs> I I would do the Dorothy thing or the B. Arthur thing okay. um, because I am Estelle Getty in that <laughs> scenario. So we cannot, I understand why you would be able to like b- bring the whole show together yeah. and keep it moving forward. But it would be two Estelle Gettys up I'm there, so- both sweating, both forgetting, both panicking. It would be like we'd be out there for five minutes flat trying to make it work and we both give up. You just turn to the crowd and be like, I'm sorry, you guys can go home. You can all go home now. That may be my my personal nightmare. <laughs> You're getting stressed out. I have, yeah, talking about it. My shoulders have cre- crept up. I like, um, all of my stress dreams, of course, are going on stage unprepared. Yeah. But um, I- I'm not sure I'd be able to recover from going on stage unprepared, and the other person is also done the same thing. That's a nightmare. Yeah. That's an absolute nightmare. Yeah. So I may need to talk to my therapist about this. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, everyone, take your seats. Order in the court. Camp court is in session. Bong, bong. Bong, bong, bong. So this is camp court. We're going to take a brief break from Golden Girls um, just because the court's been really backed up lately and we finally got everyone's schedules together. So we're just going to do a quick informal uh, camp court. And I would like to bring to the bench. We should answer for everyone. Is Golden Girls camp? Oh, uh, no. No. It's too good. I think the cultural response to it is campier than the show itself. Absolutely correct. Yes, I think you are correct. Yeah, it's not. It does have the sexual repression thing. But, That's right. But it's just too fucking good. Yeah. To be camp. Um, so I would like to bring to the bench, and I'm intrigued by this uh, because uh, it's we don't usually bring things we dislike. Um, but I would like to present to the court, dear Evan Hansen. Okay. The musical, which I hate. Because, uh, so Dear Evan Hansen, uh, if you'd like to know, is ostensibly a show about bullying. This kid, Evan Hansen, is like a white, straight kid who's an introvert, and he's training himself to be an extrovert. And then he, like, meets this guy who's a stoner, and the stoner commits suicide. And then people assume through some weird farcical, like, note that Evan Hansen was a best friends with him. So then he like is like, yeah, I was best friends with him. And he starts this whole movement and he becomes really popular and he dates the dead kid's girlfriend. Um, and it's, uh, you know, all about how you should let your freak flag fly. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed that he lied about all of that. And then his girl, his girlfriend, the guy's sister is like, well, I forgive you. Yeah. And it's like, they're there's like, no repercussions for yeah, his actions. They're like, it's just because you were sad and anxious before. Mm-hmm. So basically the moral of the story being white boys can be forgiven if they're sad and anxious. That's right. And have a <laughs> cast. I actually am not sure about the sexual repression part. That's my question. That's the only one I'm not sure about because it definitely takes the big swing and misses. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it actually addresses things like that. Yeah. I don't think it does. That Because that was my, yeah, that was my immediate question because I do feel like it was ultimately unsuccessful. Um, I think immediately it was successful just because it like got a cult following because the sure. songs are catchy. But then the the article that came out. Yes. Tearing it apart. It's yes. like that was the hook, line, and sinker. That was the deadline for yeah. it. Well, the two requirements for camp, uh, just to reiterate for the court, are that it takes a big swing at a message and it misses and that there is some uh, engagement with repressed sexuality versus the law. Now, I don't think the stage version has that. Would you think that, um, oh, what's his name who played him? Ben Platt. Do you think Ben Platt playing him as a 30-year-old I know. A high schooler adds the sexual repression I was aspect? just thinking about that. <laughs> Maybe, but it's not said. It's not sexual repulsion. It's sexual subjugation in oh, relation right. to the law. You're right, because he does so, just seem like he has an angry boner. The yeah, whole time. and I think the fact that Ben Platt is gay in real life has no bearing on this. None at all. Also, Evan Hansen is a straight story. Right. So I'm gonna say not camp. Not camp. Oh. Yeah. That's I'm such a relief. Say. Yeah. I came here thinking it was going to be camp because I wanted something to be camp that we hated just for science. Absolutely. And we're going to find it. We'll find it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm relieved it's not this one. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Uh, next plaintiff. <clears throat> I just have the one. Love Island. I almost did this. <gasps> Freaky deaky. <sighs> so, is it camp? Love Island. Sexual. Sexual subjugation, subjugation, which 
I would argue it has. Okay. Because one, it's about like sexual freedom in general. Yeah. And there are some bi people on the show. Like I think in the newest season there is. uh, I haven't watched the newest season, but I've heard there is a bi. Well, I've read about people in previous seasons who came out as bi afterwards and people were like, no. Yeah. And it's like about, you know, I, I don't know. It's hot people. So then. Yeah. It kind of falls apart a bit. Here's the problem. The big swing and the miss thing, because I would argue that it is unequivocally camp without the voiceover guy. Mm. I think the voiceover guy lends the show an aspect of self-awareness that might push it over the line to intentional Ah. camp. Because he's making fun of them the whole time. That is a really good point. Because it feels almost separate from the show. Yeah. it's, It's commentary. Yeah. Like, it feels like... You could watch the show without it and understand what's happening. Gosh, I know, because it technically is a part of the show. Right. But it doesn't feel like it should be considered as a part of the show, but it is. Yeah. And it must be. Yeah. Because I think that makes it that their intention is for us to mostly laugh and look down upon these hot, sexy people, and I think it achieves it. I think if that was its intention, it would be more often. Okay. But I, the content of what these people are going through, I say, overshadows what Ian is commenting on. You're right, because there was that discussion about um, going on holiday. What was that? Yes, Haley talking about, I love my holiday. And there's like, I mean, there's a whole clip of like, she kept asking questions. She didn't know what yes. the UK was. You also, know? there's the moment where she was talking to that guy and he was like, I'm very spiritual. And she said, oh, you can talk to ghosts. And he says, of course I can't talk to ghosts. <laughs> it's camp. It's camp. <laughs> it's camp. <laughs> oh, it's camp. Because it uses us as the subjugators. <gasps> That's what it is. It's high camp. Yeah. <laughs> Camp Court's first example of high camp. <laughs> Meta camp. <laughs> what an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh my God. Okay, Love that was Island. Exciting. Love Island, you're free to go. Your Bug bail on. is zero dollars. <laughs> um, we can cut this if we want to. I brought one more um, plaintiff. Uh, just a quick logistics question. Yeah. Um, given your previous comment just now. If... They are convicted of being camped. No, I are said they it going and I knew it was wrong jail? as soon as I said it. They're not going to jail. Can we just move on? <laughs> I said the thing about bail and I was like, no, that's not. I it's feel so like, hot. I'm I so feel hot. like being. <laughs> I feel like being confirmed camp is an acquittal. Yeah, they're free to go. Yeah. Oh, but then it's like you've been brought to the court because you've been accused of, of camp. being camp. We got some. We got to figure this out. We got to suss this out. Yeah, we, that's probably the first thing we should have figured out before we did all the court stuff. I don't. I don't know. It. It was catchy, alliterative. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I regret. We encourage you, the listener, to not think about it too much. <laughs> or if you're gonna obsess over it, like I will for the next twenty four hours, go ahead and send us something that if you have a ruling or a, a particular feeling about this, let yeah, us know. You're the judge. I'm just the bailiff. <laughs> But in camp court, everyone's a lawyer. <laughs> I think we should say that right now. Everyone's a lawyer, but everyone's a witness. 
<laughs> okay, my final plaintiff. Oh, I don't know if you're going to be mad or not. Um, Probably. The person, Jennifer Coolidge. <sighs> She's camp. <laughs> okay, moving on. She I, needs to be really careful about the work that she starts choosing because if it gets Lotus too successful, little, yeah, yeah right, right, right. then she's going to stop being camp and she's going to be uh, in intentional camp. Yes. The way she talks about comedy in her interviews, it really seems like she doesn't really even know that she's doing it. Yeah. She seems like someone who's just like, I show up and I talk and people really like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to do the impression. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> and I haven't even talked about being lactose intolerant today. I can take a break. We're even. We're even. You're a workaholic. (laughs) That's, again, how we're different. Um, Just some more of the differences we have. Shortest camp court case ever. Jennifer Gulich's camp. (laughs) I I think there's no question. She's got it all. Camp, camp. Camp embodiment. What? Camp embodiment? I thought I said campopotamus. (laughs) (laughs) I was was actually rather thrilled about the prospect, (laughs) I'm sorry mean. to have disappointed you. That's what he do. If, if, if the defendant is found campy, <laughs> um, they're fed to the campopotamus. And they come out better than ever. What does the campopotamus do? Is the digestion, it just makes it campier? It just makes it campier. <laughs> Hippopotamuses? Is that the plural of hip- hippopotamus? Hippopotamus? Hippopotamus. 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 Um, they're so violent. (laughs) That's why you want a really good lawyer. I read this article about a man who had a pet hippopotamus from when he was a baby. Like, the hippopotamus was a baby, not the man. Um, and he had him for, like, 13 years. He used to ride on his back and all of his friends. He was like, yeah, you can come see my hippo. And they were like, no, we're not going to touch your hippo. We're not going to go near your hippo. His body was found one day in the hippo's camp. Hippocampus. The hippo's campus. That's right. He was a college hippo. <laughs> college hippo in a Lumineer-like band. <laughs> that was Camp Court. Camp Court is closed for the day. We Really, we just wanted to catch up on our, our backlog. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, in the legal system, there's papers and stamps. Files, and even. Heels click-clacking about. Yeah. <laughs> I plug into work and I close my door to make sure there's a lot of people outside my office and I just loudly clack back and forth. You had the carpet removed out of your office. Yeah. I'll put on acrylics and I'll go to my phone and I'll just go. <laughs> no. <laughs> people know I'm busy. <laughs> I just put on reruns of The Good Wife and I just like, <laughs> I read magazines. I do BuzzFeed quizzes. She's doing whole court cases in there. <laughs> it's amazing. And she's having troubles with her husband again. <laughs> Okay, we will be rounding off our episode today with everyone's favorite fantasy casting. And we've we've heard from literally not anyone saying it's their favorite segment. I just want that to be known. It's everyone's favorite segment, but there has not been one person to deny or confirm that statement. But importantly, deny. <laughs> they have not denied it. That's, <laughs> That's true. We have to remember that. Yes. So uh, you cannot contradict me when I say everyone's favorite segment. Fantasy Catherine. <laughs> I think the likelihood of it is 
wanting. <laughs> uh, so we're just going to do the four girls. And I will admit up top, this was a little more, a little less jokey for me because I respect the show. Wow. I respect it so much. That's right. I honestly, I tried to be jokey, but then I was like, I have to honor these women. Yeah. <laughs> and the good, good work they've done. Did you cry during the finale? Yes. I wept. I wept. It ends with them and the way they say goodbye like three or four times. Oh, it's perfect. It's so nice. Because I was so also right. thinking like, oh, that's those actors saying goodbye. Yes. To Arthur. Yeah. Because they got a spinoff. I know. Have you watched it? No, it I'm very curious. only lasted one season. There's a spinoff called The Golden Palace where Sophia Blanche and Rose buy a hotel. That's right. Um, and I can't see how it. that wasn't successful. It's a cult classic right now. Okay. So maybe it is good. I okay. have like two seasons left to actually finish the show and then I'll maybe I'll try it out. Nice. Um, who should we and start apparently with? Apparently Don Cheadle was on it. Don Cheadle? Yeah. Wild. Oh, they got to round out the cast, I guess. Maybe it was like a precursor to The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> It was, yes. Those crazy twins one running around. <laughs> running around that hotel. <laughs> Brenda Song was in it, I think. Um, Wendy Wu. Okay. She was just a babe. <laughs> yeah, she was but an a infant. Babe. <laughs> who, sh- who should we do first? Um, Let's start with Sophia. Sophia. Um, I actually do have two options for this one. All right. Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> yeah. I like that quite a bit. Or, and we've been to this well before, Danny DeVito. As Sophia. As Sophia. I'm going to go Whoopi. Yeah, Whoopi is 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 uh, the more welcome energy. Yeah. He's a little, maybe a little too goofy. Yeah. A little less kite- cutting. That's right. I want to say biting and cutting. I said kiting. <laughs> have, have we been kiting this week? Is it just like flying a kite? It must be. The wind is so well today. We must go kiting. Will you Google it? I feel like there's another meaning that we don't know. Okay. I bet it's a sex thing. It, oh. Oh my God. We kited. <gasps> have you been kiting? <laughs> Let's have a kite. 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 Let's buy a kite. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go buy a kite. The activity of flying a kite on a string. What's the second? The the fraudulent writing or use of a check, bill, or receipt. I've been kited. I've been kited. Don't kite me. Yeah, I like to kite in my free time. Just find random people. I'm always kiting. Pretend to be rich and be like, here's a check for a million dollars. And you walk away like... (laughs) You've been kited. <laughs> you got kited. It's like the new show. Like, instead of punked, it's kited. It's kited. <laughs> it's just fraud. Yeah. <laughs> instead of punking people, we just do bank fraud and this leave them destitute. Fun. That's late stage capitalism. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Um, yeah, who is your Sophia? Oh, Bianca Del Rio. Funny. <laughs> Her acting style is exactly correct. Yeah. And she's short. And you don't think about it because she's got a big head. Yeah. She, <laughs> Sophia does have a big head. <laughs> oh, I think I would pick Bianca. Nice. I think so. Because she just because she's not necessarily an actor. She's a comedian. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have that nuance necessarily. But she's like. <laughs> yeah. And like she is quite. Because uh, I think like the defining feature of Sophia is her heart. Like, yeah. she really is a, a really great person. Yeah. Um, she just knows how far she can push it. Absolutely. And I think that's Bianca to a T. Oh, my God. Need help packing. Need help packing. Very good. Um, Blanche? Yeah. My Blanche. Oh, I have two pretty good ones. Fandy Newton? 
Mm-mm. Oh, she was on Westworld, and I don't know what else. Okay, if not Penny Newton, Tracy Ellis Ross. Ooh, I like th- for Blanche. For Interesting. Blanche. I didn't know she was overtly sexual in that way. I don't know, but I think she could be. Oh, is it Tandy Newton? Oh, is it Tandy? Is that how it's pronounced? Let me see. Tandy Newton. She didn't say either. We are looking at how to pronounce the name of this English actress, as well as how to say more interesting celebrity names as well. So make sure to stay tuned and consider subscribing for more learning. She has received various awards, including a Primetime Emmy Award and a British Academy Film Award as well as nominations for two Golden Globe Awards. <laughs> so how do you say her full name? Tandyway Newton. Tandy Newton. Tandyway, not Fandyway, but rather Tandyway Newton. And now you know. <laughs> that was so what exciting. the fuck was that? What a gift. <laughs> That and kiting today? We couldn't afford not to record. Wow. Tandy Newton, an American actress known for kiting. Today we will learn how to pronounce her name, but first, she is known to have long hair. She has many children. She loves to go out to a restaurant, and her name is Tandyway Newton. <laughs> you think it was French? <laughs> That was what was so troubling. I really <laughs> Swedish, maybe. <laughs> was that a Skarsgård? <laughs> the youngest, actually. <laughs> Little baby small Only Skarsgård. twelve, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Tandy Newton or who? Who else? Tracy Ellis Ross. Okay. Um, <laughs> really thought I'd be able to recover quicker from that. <laughs> so it's kind of throwing me. <laughs> I can't think about anything else. And it was a great, like, very clear, concise, quick... I learned a lot about Tandy Newton in that time. I like how he held back her name for so long for yeah, suspense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like Tandy for that. I like Tandy. Yeah. I think she's the clear choice of those two. Uh, mine is... We're on Blanche. Dominique Jackson. Oh, yeah. fun. Because I think she's, like, got the, like... The cat-like, sexual. yes. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Um, I think I would pick Tandy of those two, yeah. but I want Dominique to guest star on an episode. Yeah. I don't know if Blanche has a sister or something. But... Maybe an old college friend. There we go. All right. So, Rose. Just... My Rose. Who's your Rose? <laughs> Jason Momoa. I am going to edit in at the beginning of this when you're like, I took this seriously because I respect them so much. <laughs> I want you to know. The reason I'm doing a fake one is because I couldn't think of a good real one. <laughs> so you respect them all but Rose. <laughs> the late, great Betty White. Absolutely. Sorry, um, baby. Yeah, I think Jason Momoa's a really good choice. <laughs> I really like that. I think his hair is perfect for Rose. What if I make it, you, the guy who voices Patrick on SpongeBob? He was also on Coach. That's much better. There we go. Okay, that guy. Are you very attracted to Jason Momoa? Yeah. Okay. I don't get it. 
I do. But I think it's like it's the rugged that like manliness that yes. I, I don't enjoy so much. That's what it is. I want him to throw me up against a wall and snap my neck. Yeah. He's, and I'd be happy. I'd be like, go back to the gym, bud. <laughs> go back to the ocean. <laughs> I almost said Thor. <laughs> we love Marvel here. That's right. All Albatross. Right. <laughs> Who's your real answer? Okay. my We are doing Rose. Mm-hmm. John Early. <gasps> fun. Yeah. That I is very that. fun. I like that a lot. Yeah, vapid. And he has a history of playing sexual characters, yes. but they are like always a bit um ridiculous. hundred percent. Oh, I'm gonna change my rose to Cola Scola. That is really good. Yeah, because I think he can play the reality of a woman very well. Absolutely. The rich internal life. He could play a Sophia, but like a different version of a Sophia yes. that we've seen. Yes, a less broad Sophia. Yeah. More specific. Cola Scola Hive, rise up. I'm rise a up. huge Cola Scola fan. He's so funny. He's so funny. Yeah, he's on Z-Way. Oh no, he he's off Z-Way because he's getting hired everywhere. Was he writing for it? He was on season one, yeah. But he's not on season two, which I assume he wrote is because for At Home with Amy Sedaris all the time. Everyone, he's rising up. Rise up. Um, if y'all haven't already, go watch John Early, Kate Berlant, and Cola Scola do uh, the scene from Showgirls, the like first <laughs> dance rehearsal right after she gets the job and she has to go on that night. Um, just ju- they just do the scene. Yeah, shot for shot. They don't add anything. They're not trying to be funny, and it's very good. It's modern comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's truly. where we are now. <laughs> okay, um, finally. Dorothy. Dorothy. And this is a, a, on the assumption that all of these characters will be in their 60s at the same time. Mm-hmm. So my Dorothy is Aubrey Plaza. Okay, fun. I believe That's a like, middle-aged-ish Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. When she's less cool. That's so right. Yeah. I think she would be perfect. Um, She'd have to wear uh, shoes with like height. Oh, she's so stuff. short. Yeah. They make fun of Dorothy's appearance that whole show. And I'm like, she is stunningly statuesque. Yeah. I don't understand it. Oh, yeah. If it weren't for the shoulder pads, they'd have nothing to joke about. Nothing. That's part of why she quit. Shoulder pads? Uh, because the jokes at Blanche's and um, Rose's expense were about their character, not their appearance. But the jokes at Dorothy's expense were about her appearance, which just wore her down after a while. Jeez. I mean, a woman in the 80s in the in the TV industry, right. duh. It's and like, a woman with that voice and that height in that industry all her life. And I don't think she's a complainer. Yeah. I don't think she would bring that up to anyone. And she was the last out of the main three to win the Emmy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Whoa. Because Rose won it for the first season, then Rue McClanahan won it second season, and then she and Estelle Getty won that third season in 88, I think. Wow. She doesn't like to talk about it in later interviews because she referred to it as an unhappy period of her life, Golden Girls, which is wild because it was such a good show. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Suffering art. And apparently Estelle Getty was like... She mentioned in an interview one time, she was like, I love all those women and I'd love to hang out with them. They don't invite me. <laughs> I mean, they're all they're all middle aged. I mean, they were all friends. famous by that point and Estelle Getty was not. Like they had oh, all yeah. had like their big shows and everyone knew their names. But like I don't think Estelle Getty was all that famous she when wasn't she even, started with Golden Girls. She wasn't even supposed to be in the show. Yeah. And so when she started on, apparently, like, that contributed to her stage fright because she was so intimidated yeah. by them and so nervous that I think she just wanted to be a part of their world. And they were a bit um, t- 
tired of it all oh. by that point, maybe. I don't I know. I wonder how different their friendships would have been if they didn't do it during 80s culture. Yeah. I feel like there is, that was the height of like pitting women against each other. Uh-huh. And the fact that they resisted it as well as they did. Yeah. I think is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Who would you cast also? I forgot we were doing this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maya Rudolph as Dorothy. <laughs> Goofier. Goofier, but I feel like when she's not doing goofy, she's very warm. Okay. No, you're actually, you're very right. She is a warm character when she's like not the main part of the story. And given her partner, Paul Thomas Anderson, it's like, there's obviously some darkness there. And he could play Stanley. (laughs) I want that very much. I want that very much. I like Maya. That's a good choice, actually. Yeah. The more I think about it, I really like that. Yeah. And she's tall enough. (laughs) <laughs> the fashion. You know, I read um, that all of the women, like, have really close uh, relationships with other women. Like, they just, like, have really good female friendships yeah. in all their lives. But Betty White. <gasps> she said, I don't hang out with women much. I mostly have male friends. Isn't that shocking? When I think about it. Because her career, I think of all of them, is the most impressive. Right. She was doing it the earliest, and probably she just was... I mean, she was always the love interest in male-heavy shows, so of course all of her friends are going to be men. But I would assume that Dorothy, just because I think she's just a more refined personality, like, with her taste in food. Like, you know, I think she's just, um... mm, I know, uh, uh, erudite. Sure. Fancy. Yes. Yeah. She's very fancy. Um, yeah. And so like. Stately. Yeah. Stately. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I think she like ha- likes high culture and high yeah. tea. <laughs> <laughs> and I <high> camp. <laughs> and so I would expect in that society for her to be more. um close with men like i would just anticipate hearing that yeah you know like given her personality and then or her voice and like her appearance like face face judgment and then um just like her overall persona yeah um it feels like she would be the type of person to be like oh i don't get along with women much it's poker night with the boys Mm -hmm. yeah um but i don't know where that came from but you're right You but then Betty and Rue are—they're like, good. They friends. were really good friends. Yeah, yeah, they still have interviews later on. That was a relief. I was like, at least some of them are friends. Yeah, <laughs> and I think Dorothy. Uh, apparently, she like insisted on having lunch with Betty White every. Yeah, every they day. all had lunch together every yeah. day. So like, they were very perfect. I mean, I'm sure it was a fun set. Yeah, they just were like, you know, when you get to the certain age, you're like, you don't do best friends anymore. Really, it's. Not I don't like- see why it was drama. Like, I don't understand where the drama comes from. Yeah. I feel like it's just media's perception of it. I think it probably it. wasn't drama. Because probably... I think that's like most male relationships in shows. Yeah. Like, professional the and you don't take was it like, home with you. Was like, was there any drama on set? And all of them were like, uh, Estelle didn't know her lines sometimes. And uh, uh, B was hard to hang out with. They were, I'm sure yeah. they were like looking for little things that were not even that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was a lovely set to work on. Yeah. Um, I just feel like... Probably society expects these women to, like, to hate each other, pa- to hate each other, or to like pal around and be best friends. And when they're not, when that falls short, there must be drama. Yeah. Like women either have to hate each other or they have to be in full support of each other at all times. Otherwise, there's drama. You wow. know. So I don't know. I that's very interesting. Um, 
they can't just like be mature women who are like, oh, actually, I'm, maybe we shouldn't hang out as much. Right. That would be ridiculous. They're emotional creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. That was fantasy casting. We did it. We did all four. Yeah, we just did the four. We're, yeah. we're not casting anyone else. Just the four main ones. So. <laughs> all right, now we're going one every one. We're so hot. It's so hot. Yeah, I'm like falling asleep. <laughs> that is it for this week of Kiki Quest. Um, we are going to have one more episode in two weeks. We're going to be doing RuPaul's Drag Race. And then after that, we're taking a brief hiatus where we are going to sort of rebrand. We're going to reschedule. We're going to tinker a little bit. It's not going to change significantly. Um, and we'll be releasing best of episodes every three weeks uh, during that time. So it's probably going to be like six six weeks that we're off um you so in the meantime you can follow us on instagram at kiki underscore quest you can email us with camp court suggestions or any thoughts that you had um if you have a thought about uh where where some where plaintiffs go yes. once they're acquitted or accused or accused yeah <laughs> accused acquitted permitted first whether or not they're being accused or acquitted and then what happens to them <laughs> that's right and you can shoot those emails to kiki quest podcast at gmail.com and then you can also follow us on twitter at kiki quest pod um we're not very active on twitter right now but we will be i'm sure it's part of the rebranding up. baby yeah that's right baby we're probably gonna delete and start over um <laughs> and yeah, and so what Will was talking about, like with the like restructuring of the next season, it's just gonna be like a little more free form, a little breezy. more yeah, a little more chatty. We're still gonna bring stuff like this. It'll still be game centric. Um, We're still playing games. It's still nerdy stuff. It's still queer stuff. It's just yeah. gonna be more soup. Yeah, more <laughs> soup. More so, soup. so look out for more soup coming your way. <laughs> Hot soup coming up. We got some good soup headed out. Thank you so much for listening, my sweet little babies. Thank you, angels. Happy Pride! Happy it's Pride! Pride month. Happy Pride Month! I hope it's still Pride Month when this. Oh, it will be Pride Month when this comes out. Happy fucking Pride! Happy Go fucking do pride. something queer. That's right. Do pride crime. Parade in Chicago next week. Everyone, go do crime. Oh yeah, let's do crime together. <laughs> we love you. Have a very queer two weeks. Yes.